Welcome everyone to the Build Stuff, Be Kind podcast, uh, where we interview founders, creatives, builders about the hard skills that make their brand successful and the soft skills that really create that impactful culture. We have the great opportunity to have Lindsay Sterling uh, on the podcast today. Shout out to Lindsay for repping Arizona and being an incredible musician. Where are you coming to us from, Lindsay? Um, I'm actually home right now, so oh. I'm in Los Angeles, Los and Angeles. it's nice to be home. Nice. Not That's on the great. road, not... Uh, are you prepping for tour? I am. I'm in prep mode. We're going on a Christmas tour this cool. year, so we go into like full rehearsal soon, um, which I, I say I'm grateful to be home, but I also love the road. <laughs> it has really become a second home for me and a, very much so a family. Um, so I'm very excited for that. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Is it hard to get in like the Christmas mode when it's Halloween everywhere around you right now? <laughs> like, is it hard to plan and rehearse for a tour that's in a season that's, that we're not quite at yet? Just from like a creative you standpoint? Know, yeah, I've gotten really good. Um, so I guess I should say this is my second Christmas album. Um, and so twice now I have celebrated Christmas like all year long for like two different <laughs> years sporadically. Nice. Like you write the album in the spring. Um, yeah. You know, so I started writing in February and then it had to be done by like end of April, then you're in the like oh. um, phase of doing album artwork. And so then you're do planning the photo shoots. And then I've been literally all through the summer, I was already filming TikToks. I was filming music videos, editing music videos, um, and also planning the tour. And now I'm about to go into tour rehearsal. So I've been in Christmas mode for an entire year. <laughs> and I actually don't find it that hard to like step into it partially, I think, because I love Christmas. And I think it's I just love any great theme yeah, I always like, have. So whether it's a party or a type of food, like if there's a theme, I'm all about it. Oh, yeah. And Christmas, is, I think, is one of the strongest themes in the world that everybody understands the assignment totally. and there's so much to play with. So for me, it's like a creative cornucopia. And so I don't know. <laughs> I actually find it quite easy to like jump into that mode. Yeah. By the end of the tour, I will be sick of it. But as of now, <laughs> I'm still like, I'm still riding it. I'm still excited. Yeah, that's amazing. That's interesting, yeah. Quite the process of of building the album, building that process, and then a tour. I can't imagine just the full circle of what that process is like and, and the time and energy that you have to put into it. Oh, do we lose her? Do we lose her? All right. We're back up. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, my internet went out, so I had to run to a different room. Um, no worries. <laughs> you know, I love a good change of scenery. You know, it's like just yes. keeping our audience interested. Yes. Got to mix it up. I like it. <laughs> we'll be in like four or five different rooms today. It'll be great. Yeah. We're going to make it like a music video. Yeah. yeah. So we like <laughs> cut it up. We'll uh, splice it all together and really tell a unique story some like outfit changes i love it <laughs> right i'll throw on different sweatshirts it's gonna be great yes love it well let's um let's start with uh i think your journey um and and i think you know people who know you know your journey and and uh going from you know a musician 
contestant on uh, America's, America's Got, Got Talent, Talent yeah. to releasing a solo album to now um, 10 years later, right? I just looked it up. September of 2012 was the first yes. like full full length uh, solo album. So a 10 year anniversary. Um, you know, that, that journey um, of going from, you know, to that releasing that album to where you are today love to get your perspective on what this last 10 years has been like and your greatest takeaway from your journey so far yeah um yeah it's been a wild decade for sure um i can't believe also my first ever tour started a few days ago, 10 years ago. Oh, and so wow. this has oh, cool. been like a kind of a monumental time mm -hmm. of a lot of reflection this last like two weeks. Cause I'm like, oh my gosh, my first album came out. My first ever like show and tour started. And you know, um, my drummer hit me up and was just, you know, just said, like we just had a nostalgic moment as we were talking about this journey. Cause he and my tour manager and I have been together for the last 10 years solid and just how much it's changed all of our lives to go through this together um, yeah. and how grateful we are that we've had each other through this journey. But, um, you know, one thing that's interesting, and I noticed this the other day, I did a show up in Seattle and it was like in front of 7,000 plus people and it was great. It, it, was, it felt so wonderful to be on stage and I, I love being on stage, but it didn't feel any better than the, that first tour mm. when we were performing in front of 250 people sometimes, yeah. you know, yeah. a night. Um, it didn't feel any more magical. Like, yes, I love that I get to bring a show to life now that involves like storytelling and costumes and props. And it's like, it's, it's a much bigger show. And I, I love that I get to kind of expand my creativity and um, bring people into a world. But as a performer, the feeling is honestly the same. And, and it's, awesome. so it's been a kind of a, interesting journey to constantly remind myself that as I'm always like, you know, trying to push the envelope and seeing what's next. And you want to always like ride that line between wanting more and believing you can have more and believing you can get bigger or play bigger shows or get more followers, all those things that like you kind of get sucked into when you're in the middle of this industry and it becomes everything sometimes, but then taking a step back and realizing, there's that balance between like kind of striving for that, but mm. also knowing you do not need it. You have everything you need. I yeah. like my totally. happiness will not increase by getting more. Um, I might be able to affect more people, Yeah, you know, but like, that's it. Like I, I've already got it. And yeah. it's, I think that's the biggest thing that this whole like journey and this, like, you know, I've been thinking about this a lot in this last week of, you know, a decade of time has passed. Like, what have I learned? And what has been one of the overarching messages? And I really think that's it. It's like, you can strive for more, but you also have to realize that you've got everything you need. Yeah, yeah. that's that's powerful. Do you feel like that's a mindset you've always had? Like, it, you know, it seems like, I mean, I've seen your journey from afar and, and the impact you've made online through youtube through social media um but that's interesting that you had that mindset even in those first shows or, or is it something you feel like more reflecting on but going into that for first tour and delivering um 
in your mind, you know, at that moment, the, the very best, like coming at even those maybe smaller shows, do you feel like you still were putting everything into those shows and really showing up for those fans even, even early on? I've always um, pushed the envelope as far as I possibly can, mm. you know, like um, in those first shows, I, I one didn't know anything about styling or costuming, <laughs> yet I would spend a lot of time piecing together and sewing bits onto my costumes instead of just like walking on stage and like I put a lot of thought in it. Yeah. They were terrible, mind you. Like I look back at them and just giggle. It's all They're a like, process. Yeah. I look like I just took everything out of my closet and my craft box and put it on my body. But <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to create a vision and you know, I put everything I had into it. Um, also, I, you know, on those first tours, you don't have LED walls, like you don't have production. Totally. You're in yeah. a tiny, sometimes we were in little like <laughs> restaurants playing. Um, but I went to Walmart and I bought a 90 inch TV, like the biggest TV I could, um, that I could also afford. Yeah. And we drug that thing around and would set it up in every venue on this little stand. And wow. I created a little like, like, like a string of content that would play on it. It basically looked like a screensaver, you know, for a computer. <laughs> yes. But I still, I, I put the a lot of thought into DVD it. And again, use the best, yeah, yeah, like little swirly colors. And, yes. Um, but I, I've always shown up bringing everything mm. I could to the table. And at the time, like I was very proud of the show that I put on, yeah. you know, and because of that. And it's funny now I look back on it and I'm like, that's really cute. Like, it's very sweet what I did. Um, but I think because I always pushed the envelope as far as I could, it, it really allows me now to, I'm a really great costume designer and seamstress now. I'm also really great at creating video content. Like, yeah. um, and now I also like, my crew and I really take pride in the fact that whatever we're, room we're playing in, we try to make a show that's a, bi a little bit bigger than the room Got um, it, yeah. so yeah. that people come in and they're like, oh, wow, like this is this is a lot. This is big. Like we want to fill that room. Um, and so that's always a motto I've had, you know, as I've toured and my luckily I've toured with the same crew people for a long time and we can work together to make that happen. Yeah, I love that. That's really cool. I think uh, we'll and you'll probably remember the quote, be taught me a similar lesson more recently of like having that vision, you know, even with us for this podcast or what we're trying to build. And, and it's that like relentless pursuit of like, you know, in your mind, like here's where we're going and we're not going to let up even mm -hmm. once you get there of still trying to push that forward and, mm -hmm. and deliver, um, to your audience, to yourself, you know, what you have envisioned this whole time, I'd imagine, you know, you had an idea in your mind of, you know, now you have more resources, you have a team, you have all these things, but always wanting to push that and deliver uh, that experience is, is really cool. Yeah. Are you still uh, hands-on? Do you still like to get in and create and, and do everything or, or what's that process look like now that you do have additional resources? I have a problem. I, <laughs> I am a little too hands-on and I say that genuinely like it, I, I really try to let go and delegate and luckily I like, I could not do everything that shows up on that stage. Yeah. So luckily I do have an amazing team. Like I said, that they bring to life a lot of the ideas and stuff, but I am so hands-on to the point where like, 
I make a lot of the props and the costumes that you see on the stage. Um, yeah. I draw out sketches of what the stage looks like. I create the color palettes of everything, all yeah. the different, you know, I send the guys all the color palettes for like, here's the show. And, you know, and again, it's a very collaborative effort, yeah. but it's like, I, I have these ideas and I spend, and they don't just like fall into my head. Like I spend countless amount of hours thinking mm. in my job, you know, like brainstorming and thinking up ideas and like, um, you know, and it, it's a lot of the fun for me. I feel like, um, the creativity is what drives my career. That's yeah. like, it's for me, totally. it's never been about the violin. Mm. It's about the fact that that's my tool totally. to be creative and to open up a world. And so, yeah, I'm super hands-on. I edit all my content still, whether it's TikTok or YouTube. Wow. Um, I edit all of it. Um, I direct my own videos. Yeah. I, I'm, I have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. I think it's great because um, one of the things that we talk about with like businesses and brands is, is dialing in the personality of your brand. And it's like mm -hmm. seeing you, you communicate so well through all of your music and your videos yep. and your art, your personality. And, um, I think well, that's, thank you. yeah, no, I think that's, a, that's yeah. a huge thing is, as to it's genuine and people are drawn to that. Um, when they can see you in every piece of, of what you're doing. So that's a, you know, that's a, a admi admirable thing or yeah. A, <clears throat> yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, I mean, I think that's a challenge that any entrepreneur, whether you're a musician or, or, you know, tech founder or, or anything is, is that delegation. It's a process you eventually learn and, but I think there's always things that you really want to have your imprint on and control those things. And, yeah. and really like, especially with something where it's like your name is your brand, right? Your music, your, right. your personality. And I'm sure there's, there's ways where it's like, you can, you can build that brand in a way because it is its own brand, you know, the Lindsey Sterling musician, as opposed to, you know, you personally, but, but allowing for that brand to really grow is is really thinking about all those details and and finding ways to express that through your music, but then also all these touch points, like Will said, is is really an expression of you and your personality, which is really really cool. Um, yeah, well, and I I think that it's important to like I don't know hold on to the things you love mm, and. Yeah. It would probably be so much more efficient for me to hire an editor full time, you know, and yeah. like have them do stuff. And then I could just like focus on the things like writing more music and, you know, but sometimes like writing the music and the things that are like the things that only I can do that I can't delegate. Sometimes that's the most draining stuff yeah. for me where I find it really enjoyable and fueling. And like, it's almost like my, a nice release for me to like sit down and design a costume totally. and, or edit a video. That's kind of almost the reward for like the stuff that the practice yeah. and the writing and the, you know, the things that you have to do. Um, and so if I let that go and delegated all those other things, I think I would probably actually burn out more because I wouldn't yeah. have I wouldn't have those things that fuel me. And so I think as an artist, it's so important to remember like, well, what are the things that I love and the things that I don't love? Like I've learned to like definitely delegate those. Like 
I couldn't tell you how, I have no idea how much money I have in my bank account. Like I have a business manager that <laughs> totally. takes care. I'm, I'm actually not a great well, financial businesswoman. Please don't but allow I know one of I've these hired like. hired someone to take care of that for me. Yeah. You know, like I've delegated the things that I don't like. Yep. And then I, you know, anyways. I'm curious so. to know, like, how long did it take you to get to that point where you realize that these are the things that I don't like doing? These are the things that I want to do. And then how did you go about finding, you know, the right people to help you take over those, the, yeah. all the stuff you don't like doing? Um, man, it is hard to find, to build a team and there's no, like, there's no recipe for it. Um, but I'm really lucky. I, um, I found my, the first person I hired on my team, like ever was actually a business manager mm -hmm. to handle all the money mm -hmm. because I was like, I am not good with numbers. Um, and I suddenly realized I had to start writing paychecks for people oh, yeah. quite a lot. Oh, and I yeah. was like, I don't like those awkward conversations <laughs> about salary. I don't, you know, so it's like, oh okay, I, I, taxes, yeah. any of it. I, you know, I was like, I'd rather just have someone I can call mm. up and say, Hey, am I doing okay financially? Can I afford to make this decision? Totally. And she'll say, absolutely. Or actually that's not smart. You yeah. know? So anyway, that was the very first person that I hired, like on salary was a business manager and it's the best thing I've ever done. And she's my mama bear to this day. Love it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, finding the right team. I honestly think that I was, um, almost like serendipitously guided or like spiritually, I don't know, these people were brought into my life. Yeah. And I, at the time when I was starting my career, um, I was actually, I was so prayerful because I was so scared. I didn't know how to do this. Yeah. I didn't know anything about the music industry. And here I was like, just asking random people if they knew someone who knew somebody that could do this for me. And, um, but when I found people that I liked, Mm. I held on to them with everything I had. And I was just led to like my drummer today is the first drummer that's and the only drummer that's ever drummed for me. Wow. Um, found him through a friend, you know, wow. um, I've had the same business manager, same lawyer, um, my tour manager. And these are all people that were just like kind of randomly. But, um, when you find people that kind of create that little core nucleus yeah. of your team, um, do everything you can to hold on to them if they make you feel like they are your people. And then it starts to create this culture of the way that your team runs. Because when other people come in, they feel this culture that's already been created and mm. cultivated. And um, now my whole tour team is quite protective of the culture that's not like Lindsay's culture. Yeah. It's our tour culture. Yeah. And they, they have quite an ownership in it. And so when we hire someone new, they all like really um, try to bring good recommendations to the table because everybody's very protective of our tour environment. Yeah. I love that. What, um, what are some of those core values that you feel like, um, ha have you defined those? Have you, do you discuss those with that core team of things that you really look for, um, in people? Do you look for skills first? Do you look for personality first? Like, do you have a list of like, these are our core values as a, as a company, as a brand, or is it just kind of this, uh, more organic flow? Um, you know, I think one of the values that got instilled from the very beginning, um, is honestly this idea of uh, on a lot of jobs in the industry, everybody has their job mm. and they do their job yep. and they dump their job, they're out. Mm -hmm. And I think because everyone saw in the very beginning, I was this girl that was literally trying to do everything. And I would like, it didn't matter whose job it was. I was going to finish it if it didn't get done. Um, 
there's this vibe on the tour where everybody helps each other mm. and it's kind of and I, I think it started because they just saw this little scraggly girl <laughs> that was like trying to figure it out just whipping out her and, dresses and yeah. designing her own, just, <laughs> just getting just after it covered in sequins and trying to figure out life and yeah. you know they they all kind of picked up on that mentality mm. and now that's how our tour runs is like yeah. everybody's a team doesn't matter whose job description is is like we work together to figure it out and no one's like thrown under the bus when they mm. didn't figure it out for themselves like um but also like tours have a reputation of being very like party driven mm. and like yeah. a very um like it's kind of a loose lifestyle. And I remember being really terrified when I first started my, when I started my first tour one, I was, I'd never been a boss before. Yeah. I didn't know how to be a boss. Yeah. Um, and suddenly I like had employees totally. and I was like, Whoa, that's not, I never thought about that of being a musician. Yeah. Um, and also secondly, I just knew what I'd heard of the entertainment industry. And I thought they're going to think I'm the most uncool person in the world. when I sit <laughs> them down and say, Hey, like, I don't really want alcohol backstage totally. and I don't think we should have alcohol on the bus. Like mm. you can go out and you can totally. enjoy, live your life. But like on in, like, this is my home. Yeah. And I like, didn't even look them in the eyes. Like, <laughs> and in, you know, in my home, I want to have like a really safe and, you know, no bringing girls back to the bus. You know, I just kind of had this, like almost like the parent sex talk. I felt totally, like, I was, like yeah. this is so uncomfortable <laughs> with these grown men. Um, but it created this really healthy environment um, where um, to, I, I've actually been told by so many of my crew guys and that it's nice to be on a tour where they don't feel this pressure to go mm, party all the time. Totally. And like I said, they can go out and drink. Yeah. It's not like we're a completely dry tour. They can do what they want when they're out of our yeah, home. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, it's created a really safe space. Lot, no drama. Yeah. We're all healthier. Totally. Like, people don't get... You know, like, I don't know. People You're make their decisions. And so then it's interesting. Yeah. Partying on yeah. top of that each night after your shows. Yeah, exactly. And it turned into like a very, like a thing that people actually really appreciate. Totally. Rather than I was like, they're going to hate me. And like, I don't know, for tour turnover, I haven't, you know, like I said, like I have yeah. this family that's literally... Um, I don't have my own kids. I don't have, you know, my own like husband, you yeah. know, so it's like they are kind of the closest thing I have besides my family nucleus I came yeah, yeah. from to my family. And they all call it a tour family. It's not just me. Yeah, I'm not like no, yeah. <laughs> just hanging on to them. They, you know, <laughs> it's, it's a thing. But I think there's, there's something that is scary about that authenticity or, or kind of setting those ground rules or, or establishing. But I think there's so much respect with the right people, right? Some, right. some people that maybe we're in that initial, we're like, mm, not for me and maybe didn't take the job or whatever. But I think the people that align with you and I think I'm, I'm imagine since they've stuck around so long, the respect of you being authentic and saying, Hey, these are, th these are the things that are important to me. This is how I want to run this tour and like creating those boundaries and creating those, um, kind of guidelines, I think gives people a lot of respect for you as, as the leader, you know, and, and establishing that of not, um, of having that like upfront and, and mm -hmm. establishing that I think is a really cool way that, that has built that bond, uh, for so long. Yeah. Well, and also when you 
are authentic about your needs. One, I someone once told me that, you know, you got to take your freak flag and you fly it super high. That's the only way the other freaks are going to find you. Yeah. Um, and I truly feel that. Like, I think about that in art or totally. in your personality or, like, everything. Like, if I had tried to, like, water down my art, the people that love what I do yeah. would never have found me. Um, totally. But also... Um, when you're authentic about your own needs, um, it allows other people to like express what they need. And I think that's been one of the nicest things on our tour is like people feel like they can share what they need, whether yeah. it's like I'm struggling emotionally or I actually have these health things. Like, can we mm. rework something because I'm struggling health wise and yeah. I need this? Like, um, and that's been, I'm so glad that people feel comfortable enough to share their needs. And that maybe, maybe it's because I shared mine. Oh, for sure. I think there's like that authenticity and, and it sounds like a lot of like candor. Uh, I mean, the, your ability to have people, because some people, I mean, I've worked, <laughs> in in the film industry which is similar in, in some aspects where we have like very specific roles and you cross over it's like people very much it's like don't step on my toes but also like get that. out of my way yeah like i'm on my 15 minute break like yeah. don't touch me or yeah. don't ask me for help like yeah. yeah don't ask me to move that <laughs> mic stand or whatever it's yeah. like okay you know right um, right but being able to but that also requires a lot of like trust and candor and saying hey whether you did something right or wrong, hey, you know, that's not how I would have done it. Let's change this. Do you feel like you have those check-ins with people or one-on-ones or conversations when things go wrong or when they go right that that continues to compound that um, that dynamic of kind of roles, but then overlap of, hey, let's get this done and let's make this happen? Um, I mean, yeah, I think that, I just think that they, my crew is so great about, um, and again, I don't know if it's because they kind of watch me all wear these different hats, mm. but like everything from like sometimes in the middle of their day when they're setting up stuff and they're tired, I might run in and be like, guys, can I use like three of you to be in my TikTok? Like, <laughs> you like, know, and I know that's the last thing again. they want to hear. Yeah. But, and, you know, where they're just like, oh, heavens, like it's not part of our job description. But the amount of times, like sometimes they'll tell me, Linz, today's a rough day. Like our load in is hell. And I'm like, got it. You know, but they know they can tell me that. They know that they don't have, like, they're not like, oh, the boss wants us to do TikTok. <laughs> it's like, totally. you know, they'll do it if they can. But they also know that they can say, and I've told them that too. I'm like, you can say no. Mm, like, yeah. I'll take my little camera and go somewhere else. But like, you know, but usually at the end of the day, they all have so much fun being in the stupid TikToks that, for sure. you know, they... They know it's a good time. But anyways, that's yeah, just yeah. an example. Of oh, like, cool. I think it's important to let people know. And my dancers too. Sometimes they'll tell me like, we're tired. Like, yeah. it's like we don't, we can't, we're not doing a TikTok tonight. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. Totally. I'll figure something else out. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. What do you feel like is the most important soft skill, personality trait, like that makes for that dynamic for the success that you have, whether it's in yourself or in the team dynamic that you feel uh, is really important when when building a brand as as impactful and and as large scale as as yours is. I think this is something that took me a while to learn um, fully. I've always tried to like be complimentary to people and like you know say thank you and all those things. Mm -hmm. But like I was actually working on a um, a comic book. Um, 
two years ago or whatnot. Um, and I worked on it for quite a while and I had a, a professional comic book writer that I wrote it with oh. and the amount of times he would praise me and just tell me like, um, he'd point out like, Oh my gosh, that idea that you thought of Lindsay, that was, Oh, that was clutch. Like, I've been like wandering around this page and then you just one line, figure it out. Like he would just sing my praises mm. so high and it would make me, Oh, <laughs> I did come up with that one. <laughs> line, you know? um, but like, and then I would feel more safe to be more creative. And I felt like I learned so much from him more so about that than even the style of storytelling and comic book writing. He was so good at making the people he worked with feel appreciated and yeah. like they were talented and good. And what you believe about yourself is what you're going to be. And so totally. um, I really took that on and was like, I want to point out like, cause I feel like the past me was a little bit. Um, and sometimes the current me can be a little bit protective of constantly having to overprove that I deserve to be here. Yeah. Um, and I think that comes from the uphill battle it takes to get in through this industry is you feel like you're constantly having to prove mm. your value. Yeah. And so like almost claiming your ideas, like finding ways to be like, yeah, I thought of that. Like, I'm fine. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I did that, you know, but totally taking a step back from that and trying to say like, no one cares. Like yeah. stop, stop saying that and take the opposite approach to be like, if someone compliments something like, actually that was Alex's yeah. idea or actually totally. uh, Fishman made that, you know, like um, really taking the chance to try to tell people, I love what you did mm. in this moment and being specific about your feedback and how, and like what it did for the yeah. show or what it did for the music. It just, that's been, I feel like a goal of mine since like two years ago when I was writing with this comic book writer of make people around you feel like they are a million bucks and totally. like they have a huge imprint on this. And it's made quite a difference in my happiness too. Like when you put yeah. time and effort into making other people feel great, rather than focusing on your own ego so much, yeah. um, it's like the backwards approach to happiness. We all think that totally. we like make ourselves seem bigger, yeah. that people will like us more and we'll feel better. <clears throat> really, when you make other people feel bigger, um, it's like by proxy, you feel better. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I recently listened to an audiobook called Rad it's Radical Candor, and I can't remember the author. She, um, the most eye opening thing for me, because I'm, I'm, traditionally not great with feedback either way because confrontation confrontation or you know just just not having practiced that skill well and it's something i'm i'm working on getting a lot better at. but the she talks about in this book about the value of positive a lot of times if it's negative feedback we get more of the details we really understand okay what happened okay now i gotta go sit down let's have a meeting and and she countered that with do that's important, but also with positive feedback, because in a meeting, you know, there could be three people that work on something, but you praise the one person that did the least amount of work just because you, they were the one that just handed the final product to you. Right. And in, in a group setting, you think, Oh, this is awesome. Like, Hey, you know, uh, Alex, you did a really great job on this. Like, thank you. And then the rest, and then these other two people are like, we did all the work. Like, he's getting the praise, like that's messed up. So I think being thoughtful about positive feedback is really important, really understanding. And it, and it sounds like what you're describing, really understanding who contributed and why, and then really praising them in the right moments. Um, and also uh, Shia LaBeouf recently did a amazing uh, podcast um, about his 
just battles and, and things and kind of where he's at. Um, but he talked about filming with Brad Pitt and, uh, mm-hmm. for, um, Oh, what's that film? The Glorious Bastards. I don't know. Jury. Um, it's like the tank movie. I can't think of the name right now, but Fury. Um, Fury yeah. And, and he, and he's describing how when filming, and he, he wasn't in a good headspace at the time, but Brad was like, man, you're really like in this role, like praising him similar to what this comic, but like someone who is Brad Pitt, like such a professional. So, you know, revered for his acting skills, all those things kept like dropping all these nuggets on. I'm like, man, you're like in asking him for advice. Like how, how do you think I should approach this? And he's like, it's taken me now going through my process. Now to recognize what he was doing. Like he was building me up in that moment. Cause he knew what that would do for me and how that would impact me long-term. And he's like, in the moment I was like, yeah, I'm freaking, I'm, I'm a man, you know? And I think it is important to like really embrace like the things you do and, and be empowered by them. But also I think there's, there's something in, in how, you know, I'm sure the experience of, of that cop, regardless that you were working with, he'd been, you know, had that skill, but also highlighting in you and helping you really express yourself so that that collaboration could happen. I think is also a really important skill. Yeah. I think about it too, like, I feel like it's almost easier to do that with people that, that you don't know. And it's like, you, you think about the people that you spend the most time with, whether it's your family or, you know, your tour family and how easy it is just to go day by day without taking moments to praise and recognize and empower because it's, you're with them all the time. And it's like, yeah. you, know, you expect them to do it. Well, you, you know, you, know. you always, yeah, you know, you know, and it's like remembering to take moments to, to thank the people that we care about the most and, right. and, and praise them in that kind of way. It, it's so hard to do that, but I think it's so beneficial to do yeah. it too. Yeah. I love that. Cause you also kind of assume that they know you're like, yeah. you don't realize how long it's been since you've maybe said something really complimentary to someone you love so much because right. like, well, that, you already know. I've said something nice. Yeah, like, I, I told you I loved you once. You know? Right. Yeah. Isn't that? Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> totally. Um, I think talking about kind of, you know, like building, building your team and that kind of thing. Uh, maybe shift to talking about building your audience and uh, connecting with your fans and your community. And what are some of the challenges that you've had um, doing that primarily through YouTube? You kind of got your start doing through YouTube, like the challenges of building the audience and the community through a platform like YouTube. And then, going out and touring and then you have live audiences, that kind of thing. Like what are some of the challenges? What are some of the things you've learned through doing that? Um, Well, one of the things I've really learned is that um, the brand you build in the beginning is so important because it's really hard to change Mm. your brand. It's Uh very hard to shift. And I didn't realize quite that in the beginning. And luckily I built the brand I wanted. Yeah. (laughs) Um, because uh, it's hard to get people to jump from even one platform to another. If you're like, hey, uh, come come follow me on TikTok now. It's, yeah. 
they don't just jump. You have to yeah. start from scratch on every single platform. Same with tour. You can't just be like, oh my gosh, I've got millions of followers. Like, mm-hmm. come check me out on tour. Mm-hmm. They won't show up yeah. unless you have built that from scratch. Like things do not just transfer in this business totally. at all. Or it's like, if, if I want to start a makeup brand and yeah. people are like, oh, she's got millions of followers. Guess what? You have to start a makeup brand the same way anybody else does from totally. scratch. Like things do not just transfer. And so that was a, I think a rude awakening for me as I've, you know, grown and tried to like branch into other areas and having to learn this lesson over and over again is always a bit of a punch to the gut. You're like, Oh, I just, yeah. yeah, of course it didn't start right away. Of course I just yeah. from scratch. Like, um, you know, cause I've now built several different verticals and, mm-hmm. and, you know, some of them have completely failed and some of them keep working, you know, totally. it's like, um, but I would say, I'm so glad that when I started my YouTube channel, that was kind of the thing that finally like spurred something for me after I'd been trying for a while. Um, and then I discovered YouTube and was like, oh, this is it. Um, but I'm really grateful that I always knew from the get go before I even started my YouTube channel, I was out there trying to perform. That was always yeah. important for me. That was the big goal was not so much. I want to be a, you know, an instant or a, um, an internet yeah. person or a personality yeah. or it was always I want to do shows. I want to mm. entertain people live. Um, and so from the very beginning that was always the goal. It was always kind of pointing people back to, and I'm going to go on tour or here's totally. a live performance I did, or I'm now my first tour is on sale. Like, and so my touring brand really grew from the ground up mm-hmm. um, kind of alongside my YouTube brand. And that's why I think those are, you know, two strong parts of my business because they've been there from the beginning. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been interesting to try new verticals and start new things. And um, every time, this is another thing that's interesting. Every time a new app platform, you know, social media thing comes out, there is always a wonderful, fresh new start where yeah. anybody can ride that wave. Totally. Like yeah. the way for YouTube has passed. Like mm. if you're trying to start from scratch there and build an audience on YouTube, you're going to struggle. Mm-hmm. But you know, then, um, there was a vine. Yeah. People had a oh, chance yeah. to use that wave to get huge when yeah. it was the time of vine. Then there was like Instagram, people got Instagram famous. Then mm. now there's TikTok. There's still the chance on TikTok to ride that wave. It's, totally. The window is closing, oh, yeah. but there's always like the evergreen period when the app mm. is trying to become the app. And yep. so they make it super user friendly. They make it favor the artist or the yeah. user of the app rather totally. than favoring the, the brand. And that yeah. is the time that you have to ride the wave. And there's going to be a new one coming soon because oh, totally. TikTok Always. is already turning mm. into more of a brand centered mm-hmm. app. Yeah. So yeah. A new one that will favor the artist. Um, <laughs> and that is somebody's chance to jump on and ride the wave. Um, totally. And I think it's also so important to study every app. Because yeah. What works on Instagram and YouTube and TikTok are all vastly different. Like I used to try to just take my YouTube footage. I was like, I've got so much content and I don't want to learn another app. And I would just try to turn it into a vertical video and throw it on TikTok. It didn't work. It did not work at all. Mm -hmm. And I had to spend the time and I was very annoyed. I was like, I've learned so many apps (laughs) at this point. Please. Um, But I had to put in the time to like, Mm. one, start from scratch, build a completely new audience on TikTok. Um, but also study and be like, I don't understand how this Gen Z brain works. Yeah. This video got millions of views and I don't understand why. 
So I would study it. Totally. Why did it do so well? Okay. You know, and like mm-hmm. pick things apart, be like, that's the humor of this app. Okay. So I need to learn that kind of humor. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is anyways, all the things you have to really take it like you're, you're studying the psychology of all these different platforms. And, um, totally. and I think that's, what's allowed me to stay, um, relevant to yeah. be honest. Yeah. It's so funny. I was uh, in preparation for this, uh, podcast, I was reading your Reddit, your subreddit. And one of like the top, top comments was about, uh, like, do you do YouTube anymore? It seems like you're like, it was just funny, like the exact where someone who like loves you for YouTube loves you for the content you create on YouTube. And like, right. maybe it doesn't resonate as much with your TikTok content, right. but that you have to, I think that's something that a lot, especially businesses, um, really get stuck in is like, well, this worked for me. So I'm going to stick with it. This, you know, I built right. my brand on, on this. And so you easily could have said, you know, I've, I've built my brand on these epic, you know, music videos and covers and, and these production, you know, like plays basically through YouTube. I'm not reinventing myself to do whatever works on TikTok. Like I'm just going to keep pushing it down the throat and eventually it'll get it. Right. But being thoughtful about in the end, the most important thing is being thoughtful about what's going to resonate for your audience and what they want to consume. You still need to control, you know, and have your hands on the styling and, and what you want to portray and the brand you want to build and establish. But you also have to recognize that people consume content differently and, and different things connect for different people. Right. Well, and you got to find that balance between like when I first started, like really looking into what TikTok was and why certain videos did well, I was like, I hate this and I (laughs) am going to hate creating this content. Mm -hmm. Like, this is not me. This is, this is watered down trash. You know, I was like, I was being very elitist about it. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it's like, wait, 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 wait. Like I had to take a step back and really figure out how can I make stuff on here that's like that I enjoy and it feels like I'm fitting into the brand, whether than I'm selling out to yep. this app, you know? Um, and it's been a, it's been a process. Um, uh, it's always in flux, but I feel like I've really found out how to fit the app, but also enjoy it and yeah. um, be like, Oh my gosh, it actually is a way I can bring out a lot more of my personality than I was ever able to bring out in my epic grand YouTube mm-hmm. videos, you know? So it's like, okay, there's a good thing here and finding those things in it that are good. And that, feel like they are me um and then at the same time like i still do occasionally the youtube videos for those fans that love those it's like i have a you know you don't forget them but is that where my focus is looking at youtube shorts at all and what they're building there yes i i need to be better at posting more on youtube shorts um but some of my friends swear by youtube shorts yeah like really obviously ever you know compete with the TikTok viewership and audience right. and uh, a lot of organic uh, reach specifically through the YouTube shorts uh, 
yeah. platform. Yeah. It's like you were saying, like they're trying to, like when you were saying when a platform comes out, they try to make it all about the creator and that kind of thing. And, and it's like, I think YouTube short, they're trying to do that again mm-hmm. to allow this Try like research yeah, yeah research again a little bit um i noticed that you, you're talking about you, like you doing your tiktoks and that kind of thing you take a little segment out of your show now it looks like to to do some content on stage like what what triggered that or how did you come up with that idea and is that you know talk about that a little bit Yes. Um, well, last Christmas, I had the goal to do three TikToks a day while on tour. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Whilst, you know, doing a show almost every night and doing meet and greets and the practices and like everything. So it was a lot. And so I was like, well, the only way I'm going to get to do this is if I am constantly thinking of new ideas. And, mm-hmm. you know, so some of those ideas I was like, well, what do I have that's so unique? Oh my gosh. I have an audience almost every night yeah, that is, totally. uh, that is there to be entertained and to experience. And, um, at first, you know, the first few times I did it, it was very much like, I need to see if my audience likes this, if, you know, if it makes yeah. people uncomfortable, obviously I'm not going to do it, but it got to the point where I started to see that if I didn't film a TikTok at the show, people would be disappointed. Film a TikTok. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, totally. you know, and it's, I always, I was asked, you know, but like, how do you guys feel about filming a TikTok? And they always get oh, so excited totally, and short. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always have it very planned out and I tell them exactly what to yeah. do, but people, it makes it like a very interactive experience. And now it's actually, um, cause my shows are very planned. They're to mm. the T I'm like, there's a yeah. lot of moving pieces from like when dancers have to have a break for yeah to catch their breath or have a costume change or when this set piece is coming in or we do aerial acrobatics now. So that everything I can't just on a whim, yeah. like, and we're going to play this song. Like yeah. everybody would be in a panic. Totally. So there's very few spontaneous moments mm. in my show at this point. Um, which is kind of um, nice as an artist. I, I like to know what I'm giving my audience, mm. but this allows for a little bit of that spontaneity to like go off the cuff and like, um, I don't know. I, I've really enjoyed having this moment in the show now. Yeah, it seems like cool. the audience too, like, yeah. loves it. Like, I, I think that's um, something we talked a lot about. And it's funny because we use the reference of, of music a lot because a lot of, especially businesses, brands, or, or just us in general, we think of, oh, our follower count, our, you know, how many fans do we have? And for us, if that reach and that audience is, is super important for a brand, but, uh, community is also a very more and more, uh, a key piece of building any brand, being able to leverage a community and provide value outside of the direct product that you sell or what you are providing to, to your customers, um, allowing for community to take place. And I feel like, this is an opportunity where you're now connecting in a, in a unique way, building that relationship in a deeper way that with YouTube, you weren't necessarily able to do with the content you were producing. But now this is another way. I know you do a lot of different things. Like you were saying, meet and greets and, and uh, you know, connecting with fans, but also taking that moment is an additional way to further develop that relationship. Mm-hmm. For you, mm-hmm. 
when you think about audience and fans versus community, how do you think about building a community around your brand further than, than the fans or, or the audience that you've built on, whether it's on these platforms or people that consume your music or come to your tours, like you said, they're all kind of different pieces of this, this audience you've amassed. Um, but do you think about community in a separate way? Is that something you are trying to build or what are your thoughts on community? Yeah. Um, I've always really thought a lot about community because I think um, YouTube back in the day just provided such a integrated audience. And mm. um, the way that Facebook used to be, there could be these like fan groups that yeah. were like communities. And, oh, yeah. um, and it was really cool. I, and so early on, I just kind of naturally fell into very community based fan groups um, amongst my fans and they would have like the French fan page and the <laughs> Brazil fan page. Oh. And they, they like really cultivated, like there'd be like these uh, leaders in each community. And it was really cool. Um, and since Facebook has kind of become not a thing, it's been interesting to like find a new home for yeah. that type of a community. And I've loved discord, but again, it's like mm. everything you constantly have to evolve with the apps totally. because they kind of come in and out of vogue. And so, yeah. um, you know, Discord and Twitch have become a great place where I've been able to provide finally that sense of community that I felt in the beginning through yeah. Facebook um, that I had kind of lost and I didn't know where to quite place it again. It wasn't the same on, you know, Instagram or um, any of these other totally. apps. So I'm, I'm grateful for what Discord provides. How, how long have you guys yeah, had a Discord? Has that been? Um, I've that been before? on Discord for like only probably a year and a half. Oh, cool. Um, but I, I do think it's really important as a brand or as an artist or like whatever you are building to realize there's so many different levels of the kind of engagement you're going to get mm. from people who are interacting with your brand. Um, and it's, and that is okay. Like there are very casual totally. fan relationships, you know, there's a person that's going to buy one sweater from your business yeah. and <laughs> never come back. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. There's going to be that person that buys every sweater that yeah. you produce and that's great. But finding a way to like, um, realize that every one of those has their place and totally. catering to each one of those, um, in a different way. Like there are people who maybe listen to me, they have one of my songs that goes on a rotation in one of their Spotify playlists. Mm -hmm. You know, there's that casual fan. Totally. Then there's all the way up to the people that want more from me. They want to feel like they know <laughs> me. Yeah. They want to have that community on yeah. a discord. They want to come to my very unprofessional Twitch stream and like, just feel like they're hanging out with me. So I think it's really important to provide the different experiences, um, for the different levels of fans. And, um, yeah, yeah. that's super cool. I think too, uh, that's, that's really cool that you have a discord. I think that's, that's a platform that I've really have seen a lot, especially in the gaming space. Um, and the NFT crypto space There's a lot of discords that I'm a part of. Um, but, but we've been pushing brands to think about, you know, even more traditional brands of like, it's an owned channel. So I had, uh, an outdoor apparel brand called keep nature wild that, that was acquired last year, but we, have our, um, our ambassador program is, uh, we call them wild keepers and they're people that go out. Part, our mission is to pick up trash on trails and outdoor mm -hmm. spaces and build community through 
um, taking care of the outdoors through trash cleanups. And instead of doing kind of a traditional ambassador program, we created a wild keepers program where they get all the traditional benefits of discounts and different things, but we created actually a Slack because I don't think discord it was around, but it wasn't used how it is now. Um, where it's exclusive to those ambassadors where they, they do, they, they connect, they, they form hiking groups or different things in, in the different regions where they are. And it's such a powerful thing for a brand because it's also an owned channel. Mm-hmm. You know, you described, you know, your success on YouTube and TikTok, And I don't know if you, if you rode the vine wave, but all these different platforms, like, you know, we built a large audience on Instagram and, every day that goes by now that audience costs us more money to, (laughs) to interact with, you know? Mm. Um, but your, your discord is something you own. So now you have a place for, to aggregate, you know, that audience and to own that no matter, you know, the popularity of a channel or of a, uh, of a platform, you can continue to grow that, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, over time with, with your music, as well as I think, you know, you, you cross some really compelling, like industries or, 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 um, um, like, uh, interests, I guess, with gaming, with music, with, uh, YouTube, how do you feel, is that something you consciously decided early on of, of kind of, what that audience is like and the gaming culture and, you know, YouTube culture, how have you, how have you, like you said in the beginning of when you're talking about your brand, which I think is such a like solid nugget for anyone to take away that you need to plan ahead of time, what you want your brand to be. Yeah. You know, being thoughtful and being really deliberate, you know, the path to get where you want to go will change, but you get to decide and you should be very thoughtful. But, as you've progressed through this journey, how has, you know, these, these different, you know, um, interest groups, how have, how have you been able to, I guess, connect maybe those different, um, interest groups around the music you create, you know, you're going on a Christmas tour, but you also have, you know, video game covers and you have a Twitch, you know, which is a lot of the gaming mm. world. So how do you think about that in like these various audiences and interests, but, but still being able to connect them and unite them around your brand? Yeah. My first um, game cover was like this legend of Zelda medley. Mm. And I did it as a collaboration with a, you know, another YouTuber. It was his idea. Mm. And I was kind of like, okay, I can learn that theme. I can dress up in that costume. I can put some elf ears on. Like, let's, let's go. Um, I had no idea that it was going to be such a huge splash and that it would like, I mean, that was my first video that like exploded. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And suddenly um, Mm. people were requesting all these game songs, like just request after request. And at the beginning of the YouTube days, it was very important to like take a request. Like it's your audience. And I mean, it always is. Um, but it was even more so then. So I did a, a, one of the requests I did the Skyrim theme and then got a huge explosion again. And then I very quickly realized after that second video, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm going to become 
the gamer violinist. <laughs> I'm, I'm well on my way there. Totally. And, um, so I, I, I was like, oh no, because actually I'm not a gamer. And so I was like, I don't want to be yeah. a poser. I don't want to be faking something. And also I, I don't want to get stuck in this niche that I'm not even, that oh. I'm not even really a part of. Yeah. So, um, I made a really conscious decision. I was like, I got to be really careful with how often I release these, even mm. though this is now what my fans want. And like totally. my very first tour, my entire audience was 95% men or males between <laughs> the age of like 17 and 35. Yeah. Wow. There was like no women in the room. It was oh, all wow. gamer dudes. Yeah. And um, so I was became a gamer uh, obsession. Need, yeah. I was like, I need to be really careful yeah. with, where I'm headed here. And so I was, I made sure that I always made, I was always releasing original music, mm. piggybacking offing these game covers. So if yeah. I did a game cover, it meant that I was right away going to release an original song that's in the style that I love. Mm. And I would use that game cover to point like with the end slate to the original song that I just oh. released or that yeah. I was about to release. And so nice. I had to, you know, I, I took a conscious choice to like really try to use these as like the bait. This is what my audience mm -hmm. wanted, but use it as the bait to steer them to exactly where I hoped that they would go. And I hoped that they would like what I was also doing. And um, it took years to kind of figure this out, but um, you know, it's, I, I, do, I now still do game covers because it's like yeah. kind of a part of the core of my, uh, my audience. They love them and totally. game covers are epic. It gives me a chance to cosplay, yeah. but, um, but at the same time, I'm feel like I've been able to meld that into just a piece of my brand at this point. Um, you know, it's, it's not the whole pie. Like I was afraid it was about to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ago. And I think yeah. that that's really interesting because I think these platforms that exist, they've allowed artists and musicians to do what they want to do and also build an audience. Cause I imagine if it, early on, if you had some record label or producer come in and yeah. th that was going to be like, no, this is what you need to do. You need to do game covers. This is how we're going to make you hot. This is how we're going to make you famous. This is your ticket. Mm -hmm. Um, that would have probably set you down a road of who knows what, but it's so cool that, that these platforms exist now where you can, you can do what you want to do yeah, and you can build an audience and release what you want to do. It's like, I, I wonder how many musician bands are out there that don't even have labels anymore. They just, yeah. they've been able to build their, their audiences through s social media, which is so cool. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So as you, you know, built on these various platforms and you still edit your videos, you still, where do you draw inspiration from? Are there any like maybe, un, uh, you know, uh, unexpected or unique areas that you draw this inspiration from? And how do you, how do you tackle, you know, gaining a new skill um, to really express the creativity or the inspiration that you find through that process? Yeah, I think my inspiration comes a lot from, um, I try to stay a student in some area of life a lot. Like, yeah. I think it's, I feel yeah. like dancing with the stars taught me the importance of like making yourself uncomfortable mm. again and putting yourself in an uncomfortable new situation where yeah. you realize <laughs> I'm not good at this because as adults, we get so comfortable in our comfort zone because, you know, we learn our skills, we get our jobs, we become good at them. And then we 
don't try new things very often. The same way kids like are always trying new things and they're used to sucking at stuff, you know, but it's really uncomfortable for adults to be like, I'm really bad at this. And that's embarrassing. And someone saw it like, um, so yeah, I try to try new things and stay a student. Um, and there's, like I, I recently started taking aerial lessons. Like I, I have a trapeze teacher, <laughs> you know, just, awesome. um, it was something new when I started it to, because I needed a, a hobby. Um, but also it was like, it was uncomfortable. It was scary. Mm. And it m- made me a student. And I think that's so important. Um, and then also mental health is something I feel like I'm always trying to yeah. like stay on top of, I go in flux where sometimes I'm, I'm really like feeling so good. And I'm like, I figured it out. Like I've got it. I cracked the code. (laughs) I've been through anorexia and was so sick for like Mm. years and um, just dealt with everything that comes with that from depression to the anxiety, to the self-hatred. And um, finally, after years, this was in my like early twenties, I, I beat it. You know, I went Mm -hmm. through the therapy. I did the work. I, um, worked really, really hard at it and, you know, beat it, but it's something that never fully goes away. Mm -hmm. And I think that we all have to kind of keep in check with our mental health. And, um, I completely lose my ability to be creative when I'm not in a good space. And I have to just constantly check in with myself and I read a lot of self-help books and I Mm -hmm. find a lot of inspiration from that. Um, but also I've recently started doing breath work. It's like my new favorite best kept secret that mm. I wish the whole world knew that like cool. you can reset your nervous system by breathing. Like therapy yeah. is expensive. Some people cannot afford it. Mm. Um, and I feel very blessed that I have was able to get the help that I needed when I was really sick. Yeah. And um, but breath work is something that I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I'd known about this so much sooner. And it's not just like a woo woo practice of like, Oh, you know, Om and meditate. Literally you change the chemistry of your brain and your body and you can change your nervous system. And I now do it before I go on stage. It allows me to feel more love and capacity for my audience and hope that they feel that as well. But also it allows me to like feel more love and acceptance uh, for myself and more spirituality because I'm not so anxious and caught in my own head. So I think breath work has become my favorite go-to source when I need to clear my head and find inspiration. Mm, That's amazing. That's cool. Yeah. I need to you know, get on some, some breath work. Yeah. I think, I mean, mental health is such a, you know, in our culture, it's it, it, luckily we made a lot of progress and, 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 right. and, and things, but still such a long ways to go and, yeah. and really understanding the need for relationships for good processes, because there's so much stimulation, you know, that right. we can from, right. from, Well, to other things, you know? Yeah. And it's interesting. I was talking to a friend who she has teenage kids Mm. and it's changed from in our generation. Nobody was talking about it. Like I didn't even know really what anorexia was till I realized I was very unhealthy and had it. You know Mm. what I mean? I didn't even understand what it was Um, because no one talked about it. And you didn't, I thought that was something that crazy people felt. Totally. Yeah. You're crazy. You're weird. You're messed up. Yeah, like you are in an insane asylum if you have that kind of messed up <laughs> yeah, totally. brain. It's like, no, we had no idea it was so common. Yeah. But now the flip side has happened where these teenagers are all self-diagnosing yeah. with severe depression and anxiety and anorexia. Where mm-hmm. it's like a lot of times, like 
people just need to realize there's a much smaller spectrum for it. Yeah. And like, you're not clinically depressed because you're going through a hard time. Yeah, yeah. You're a teenager whose body chemistry is changing totally. and you're going through some hard crap in high school. Yeah. Like that doesn't mean you're clinically depressed and you have to put that label on yourself. Totally. And, yeah. um, so I, I, it's funny how the script has yeah. flipped, <laughs> but at the same time we are in the right direction um, because it's being talked about. And because yeah. I, I hope the dialogue is at least a safe space for most people at this point. Yeah. Um, kind of going along with that, the, you know, talking about health and mental health, you have uh, something cool that you do that, that you call the upside fund. Um, tell us about that. What, what is the, 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 this organization or, or, um, what do you guys do? What's your purpose? How did you, how did you come about doing it? Tell us all about it. Yes. So, uh, the upside fund I started, uh, several years ago, um, my dad passed away from cancer. Sorry. I might get really emotional. My best friend passed away from cancer, um, a year prior and, um, you know, I spent Christmas in the hospital with my dad as he was passing away. Um, and so the following year, um, at Christmas time, I was just getting all those feels again of like how hard it was watching my dad go through this. And, yeah. and I just, in one day and I was feeling really overwhelmed. I thought I'm so grateful that, um, I was like, I'm in a place where I was able to take care of my family in that moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so many people aren't, like so many people yeah. can't pay for the kind of treatment they need or they lose somebody and then they're, they're paying for the death of their, their person, their spouse, mm. their dad, their father, whatever, for the rest of their life because it's yeah. so expensive in our country. And so I just became overwhelmed with like both gratitude and, and sorrow for like that whole situation. So I just went on my Instagram story and I was like, hey, if, if you know someone or if you are having a hard time paying medical bills, contact me at this email. And I want to pick some people to pay your medical bills. Wow. And it was on a whim. And uh, it was, I, I definitely bit off more than I could chew. <laughs> and a good friend that hit me up and was like, you're going to need help. And she yeah. helped me go through hundreds and hundreds wow. and hundreds of emails. And we picked several families and paid their medical bills. But I decided after that experience to start an official, because it's actually <laughs> dangerous to give yeah. away money. Yeah. Yeah. about how you do it. So totally. um, I decided to, Drop my eyes and cross yes. my T's and I started an official like 501c3 charity. Um, and, um, and now every Christmas I do a big giving and it's usually comes from my fan community where I'll help people pay their medical bills or get procedures they can't afford. Um, and it, you know, um, it comes from the money comes from my fan community, but also, um, myself, I just, um, it's something that I've just really passionate about funding and doing that's that's so awesome. So where, where can people find out more about that? Is it is there there's a website, obviously? And uh, yeah, I have on my website, just lindsaysterling.com. There's a section for the upside fund where people can donate. Um, but also there's also a place on there where you can request funds. And so it's a place where my fans come to give, but they also come to receive. And yeah, super cool. That's so cool. Well, it seems, uh, I mean, it's such an inspiration hearing, uh, for me, I love having this conversation with you because being able to see your success from afar and, and know very little about you personally and, and how you've achieved that success other than, you know, the milestones or, or the different 
you know, kind of tactical things, but really being able to see the deliberate choices that you've made. Mm. Um, I think for me, the things that I've taken away is this scrappiness that you have to figure it out and, and make happen the dream, the vision, the, the reality that you want to, uh, live in and surrounding yourself with people that are also scrappy and willing to get their hands dirty. Um, the thoughtfulness and the care and the candor that you have with the people you love and the people that, that work with you and, and really incorporating that into how you operate as well as the thoughtfulness of, I think the, the beauty about music is it, you can connect with people in such an emotional way. That's so powerful that other mediums, you, you really, you know, no other medium, is there such an emotional and, and impactful connection that, that can be formed? You know, beautiful art is beautiful art, but the art of music is just, we can connect around it. If you like uh, an artist that I like instantly, there's a bond that forms. And then, you know, to even mental health and, and things that music has the power to heal and, and do so many uh, incredible things. And, and I think your approach from the very beginning of being thoughtful about your audience and what they need and how you can deliver that and how the experience hasn't changed necessarily for you. Um, but it definitely has for your audience and, and the people that you've been able to reach. Uh, we like to close our, our, our conversations with this final question. And, and I think you very much embody it. Um, what role does kindness play in the success that you built with your brand? Well, I think kindness is like one of the the most powerful words in it. Cause if everybody was kind, like this world would be a very different place. Like mm. We could all just focus on that, you know? Um, but I think, uh, you know, you meet a lot of people in this industry and, uh, you know, there, there's some people that rise to the top and burn people on the way. But I feel like most of the people that get to where they want to be, you know, success wise are the people that everyone wants to be around, yeah, you know, yeah. like people bring back these actors for role after role because they like working with them. Most mm -hmm. of them, you yeah. know, um, but aside from even just the success, like kindness breeds happiness in you, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's sending out happiness and kindness to others, but it brings back like all of it right back to you. Life is a mirror. And so aside from just it, that it breeds success, it breeds a happier life. And, um, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm grateful for like parents and families and, you know, religious values that all taught me about the notion of kindness. Mm -hmm. And it's something that, you know, I, I try my best to be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's very evident through, through all that you do, you know, that totally that you're a very kind person and, um, and we appreciate you coming on today and joining us on the podcast and learning from you. So thank you. Yeah. Any, uh, awesome. any news or exciting things that are coming up that you'd like to share, uh, with the audience and, and kind of your upcoming schedule. 
I mean, I got a Christmas album, which is really exciting. Um, so I'm, I'm stoked on that. And then Christmas tour around the state. So I, I'll be heading back to AZ right before Christmas. I'm very yeah. excited. All right. Nothing beats Arizona Christmas. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Nice and dry and warm. Yeah, yes. Rocking our shorts. Totally. Well, yeah, we really, really appreciate your time and, and coming on. I, I know I've taken a lot of way and I'm sure, you know, people who are listening and tuning in will be able to gain even a greater respect for, for you if, if that's even needed, but, mm-hmm. but also see that you can do, you know, things on your own terms. You can create the lifestyle and, and the things, even in the music industry, that's maybe non not traditionally a giving for that. So appreciate you sharing your insights and your perspective and, and just the values that you have, um, that, that it's possible to build a successful brand with these, you know, core principles in place. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Well, thanks guys. I hope thanks, you missed your day and thanks so much for having me. I appreciate you. Thanks, thanks so much. Okay. Bye. Bye.